Hello, Hello there. there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Today we have the 14th episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, the Phantom Menace edition. We are going from minute 100 to the end of episode 1, George Lucas's prequel brainchild. <laughs> the Phantom um, yeah. Menace. Yeah. The let's, Phantom Menace. You know, let's the Phantom get... Menace, I call it. Oh, right. that group. Oh, that group on Reddit. Oh, that group on Reddit. Um, <laughs> let's get right into it. Let, let's get um, right into it, honestly, yeah. So, um, we're going to the um, Gungan hiding place. That's where our kind of thing starts. Um, um, and let's see. So, we are in the Gungan hiding place, and then we get the I am Queen Amidala twist. Yep. And is it, twist. Just, is, it, is it just me, or is it like, I don't really like, I know it was supposed to be a big twist and all, but it's like, it, it's only a big twist if you care. Mm, that's and true. I don't think I found a reason to care yet. Mm, I see what like, you mean. I, don't, I like, like, yes, Queen Amidala is a good, like, Padme's a good person. But, you know, we think she's just Padme. And her actually being the Queen of Naboo doesn't really, like, change anything about the fact that she's a good person. Mm, okay. I don't know, that's just, that, that just felt a little strange to me um yeah and so um we get boss nass um and the gungans allying with the uh naboo soldiers to take back their um land from the droids pretty which... exciting and of course we get the uh the newest meme line somewhere in there uh-oh big boomers <laughs> oh actually that's not a meme i kept track of i got a bunch of memes this episode um and and none of them are really in the start, but um, but I think we'll I I think we'll get to them when we'll get to them. But like, yeah, there are a bunch of memes in this episode. I'm happy about that. There are a bunch of memes, especially because we're about to go into Attack of the Clones, which is mm. famously like doesn't have a lot of memes. Like, I think it is the least memes of all the three prequel movies. Yeah, I think it does too. Um. But so I'm glad we're getting a lot of memes in this, which um, also actually I have another logistical question for you. You know, we, we got to have some of my logistical questions. Um, All right. Why doesn't Sidious just have Maul take over the Naboo operation at this point? Yeah, like the, everyone, the, the Nemoidians are New Gunray like, is is like, OK, let's let's get the Maul checklist. Let's get the Maul checklist. Completely loyal to Palpatine. Check. Effective. Check. Smart. Check. Maybe Gun not Ray. at this point is smart. I mean, we'll get to Duel I mean, of the Fates maybe. later, but like, but like, I, and I can't believe I'm sticking up for Darth Maul right now, um, but it's like, Gunray is not completely loyal, <laughs> is not effective, and is dumb as, like, actual, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> he so, is not the sharpest tool in the shed. He is definitely say. not. Um, and it just seems a little strange that Sidious would send Maul all the way to Naboo and still have New Gunray running the show. Yeah, I um, think because he sees Maul more as an enforcer, especially at this point. He I sees guess, Maul yeah. as like, yeah, the enforcer, almost like, yeah. like an animal, sort of, I guess, you know. Um, we also get a glimpse of the palace hangar um, in Naboo again. And when I saw the palace hanger, when Padme and all of them are, uh, are, uh, 
when Padme and like them all are blasting the droids, I got a big Battlefront 2 flashback because the palace hangar is a yeah, hero showdown big, map and a hero versus villain map in it's Battlefront a staple, 2. I would say. Um yeah. Uh and so it's and so I what I'm trying to say is basically um rip Battlefront 2. I know we already did this rip Battlefront, rip Battlefront 2. 2. Um yeah. let's see. Um uh in the Naboo fight, I don't know if you noticed, in the like fight to take back just the palace hangar before Darth Maul yep. shows up, mm-hmm. we get our first introduction of Private Wilhelm. Really? And who is, yes. who, who is Private Wilhelm, pray tell? Private Wilhelm I'm not sure I'm... is a, um, is a, um, I forget the movie, I think it's, um, I think it's a movie called The March of uh, Feather River. The March um, of Feather River. Okay, the Charge yeah. at Feather River. Um, is this is that like a tie-in? You so mean the Charge at Feather the 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 Charge at Feather River River is the first notable use of uh, of um, a very very famous sound effect in film, um, and and the and Private Wilhelm. Get shot in the thigh with an arrow, and um, mm. and emits uh, a scream called the Wilhelm scream. Um, I will play it right now. So iconic. So, so iconic. iconic. Um. Uh. It. It sounds. I'm gonna do my best Wilhelm impression. Right now. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty much the Wilhelm yeah. scream. It actually doesn't originate in that movie. It actually originates in the movie Distant Drums. Which it was Distant made two years earlier than the Charge at Feather River, but it has been used in every single Star Wars movie. I'm pretty sure, as well as in the Clone Wars, as well as in I think Rebels too. And we get our first um, Wilhelm scream when the Naboo soldier when a Naboo soldier gets shot. Um, and so you know, we and so I got I had to mention that one. I had to mention the Wilhelm scream. Um. Any any thoughts about the like yeah. the palace hangar stuff? Formal uh, shows the up. Palace hangar. I don't really know. I think it's a cool um, it's a cool area for sure. It, it's a really cool area, and I'm I'm glad they put it into Battlefront too. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So um, Qui Gon is like to Anakin. Okay, you gotta hide somewhere. And Anakin, a starfighter, picks like literally the worst place to hide ever. Yeah, I mean, starfighter. I mean, I'd love to attribute it just to the stupidity, stupidity of Anakin, but Qui Gon's complicit too. He is complicit because Qui Gon's like, stay in that cockpit, Anakin. I'm like, Qui Gon, you're better than that. You know better than that. Yeah, but then the ant part, and then Anakin starts making excuses. He said. Qui-Gon told us to stay in that cockpit, so that's, so that's what, what I'm going to do. do. I was it's like, like what, what the heck? Come on, man. Really? Re- really? It's um, the worst thing ever. It is um, like, it is so weird. Yeah, I think that is my biggest fault with this entire thing. Maybe, other than the Gungan scenes in, uh, on the, in the Grass Plains, my biggest fault with this part of the Phantom Menace is, the, is that they just like went with the whole Anakin hides in a, in a Starfighter thing. Um, and believe me, this is, this is the part of the Phantom Menace I think that I love the most. I was saying to Jacob before we were recording, 
um, that this is my favorite. This is, the, I think, the most quality for me, like, thing that we've watched so far for In a Galaxy, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, definitely. It was um, a lot better than I remembered it. Yeah, it, it's... Um, I One of the things there I love cool is, like, there's some sure. Star Wars details in there. Um, you know when the, all the Starfighters take off at first, and then one of the Starfighters gets shot down, and then Phantom Menace takes, like, an extra two seconds to show us, yeah, that ship crashed. Yeah, that part felt gratuitous to me. To oh, I, for, for I me, not. I thought that was interesting because it was like, um, for me, for me, it was like, yeah, it, it'll it, like Star Wars is that kind of movie to like this is that kind of film franchise to take the time to like say, oh yeah, that that pilot's dead. Um, what do you mean by that? I don't really understand the point I mean, of that. Like, I mean, any other movie would just like wouldn't do the pan down and just skip. Skip that, and Star Wars no, takes the time to... I kind of want to challenge that idea, because I've seen a lot of... I, I, I get where you're going, but I've seen a lot of war movies, and they seem to do that quite a quite a bit. So, like, what do you... I don't know. Can, I ju- you, can you elaborate more, I guess, on what you mean? I guess I'm just a little confused. It's, it's, it's the care of detail, the care of, like... It's the kind of thing where, like, there's, you know, there, there's that joke that every character in A New Hope has at least a thousand word Wikipedia page on it. Yeah. Um, like the, the attention pilot, to detail. Yeah, the, the, the attention to detail. Building. The world building. Like, the fact that that ship crashed and we saw the ship crash. I just, I, I don't know. I, I appreciate that. That was interesting because I, fe- I was going to say I thought that Part of what makes, for me, although I enjoyed parts of it, part of what makes the prequels, the Phantom Menace especially, hard to watch for me is it feels like there's this, there's that attention to detail, but then there's such a, there feels like, to me, like a lack of detail elsewhere, like in um, like in I, the art direction. I do agree that that feels the lacking attention to, to detail is very, like, it's not even. There's yeah, some good moments, uneven. but like, this is why I keep having so many logistical problems with the Phantom Menace because their details are in like, they're it's the plot. It's, it's Lu- but it's not Lu- necessarily it's like Lucas. Little things. It's very it's a very Lucas thing to do. Yeah, it's the the de- the extra details are visual, but that takes away from like the plot, which is yeah. like kind of important and why we're why I'm having all these logistical issues with the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, and I feel at the same t- at the same time I was feeling that the art direction, specifically the the small things, like it felt like at some points there was like a almost a, a lack of battle damage where it felt like it should have or could have been there. Interesting. So it was interesting to me to see the contrast of our opinions. Also, I skipped over one thing. I I should have I should have noticed this. You know, I'm bringing this back. Let me tell you. This segment of the Phantom Menace is ha, is the most convinced I've ever been that Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. The one where he um has a gun attached to his, or he has the. That, we're gonna get to that. That is to ridiculous. Yeah. That is just that is proof. That is visual proof. But even before that, no one in their right mind, not even Boss Nass, would make Jar Jar general of anything. Yeah, yeah. That is mind influence. That is like. No one, Jar Jar is like such a clumsy person. He's a klutz. He is a klutz. No one would make him a general of anything. 
that was mind influence. I swear to God, that was mind influence. <laughs> it's it's so I don't know. It, Jar Jar is a Sith. That's what I'm trying to say. Jar Jar is a Sith. Um, I and agree. This is the part. I think he there is there is compelling evidence to suggest that he could be a Sith Lord. <laughs> a Sith Lord. Impossible. <laughs> um. Let's see. What else? Oh yeah. Actually, I will say there's a shot in. Uh, right around now, um, you know that shot of like the Gungans and the energy shield, and then the droids and the MTTs and the ATTs, um, the AATs. I keep making that mistake. Yeah, I keep saying ATTs. I meant AATs. Um, like rushing towards. You know, there's that spot where like it pans down on them. Yeah, um, I know. Such what you're a cool about. shot. But then yes. immediately after that, Captain Tarpal says maybe the one. Most cringeworthy line in this movie. One of the most cringeworthy lines in this movie. Ouch time. Ouch time. You know, to be honest, I found the Gungans funny this time. It really injected some much-needed um, personality into some of the acting. I like, mean, man, maybe, Natalie Portman's acting like, was probably the most egregiously bad, just because I know how good she is normally. Maybe there She's were good like, other places. Maybe they're under were... arrest, Viceroy. Time for a new government appropriation clause, yada yada. I don't know, but like, <laughs> it's not uh, maybe the Gungans were better in other parts, but ouch time is like an objectively bad line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is funny, yeah. It is, <laughs> ouch time. Or it was meant to be funny, we'll say. It was meant to be funny. And then we get to maybe the part I've been like waiting this entire episode to get to. Are you ready for this? We'll take the long way. Oh, duel of the Darth fights. Maul rushes out, and That's this. Pretty sick. I will say, my in duel of the fates, my favorite fight in the entire Skywalker saga. Period. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That good? It was yeah. really. It was better than I remember. It was pretty well choreographed. It, it didn't was feel really. It, was, I, it didn't feel as over choreographed as some of the other duels. I, I, it was I, only a little bit kind of fancy, which I liked. There's a lot of stuff in this, like, um, and and I want to do a dual analysis a little later after we get through the other stuff, but um, what I like is there's a bunch of moments. Remember, you know the point where Maul throws a piece of debris into the thing with the laser gate, in, into, the, into the doors panel to activate the door? Yeah. There are so many th- like that is like a one second thing, but there are two things that I love about that. There, there are two things that I just can't get enough of. First of all, such creative use of the force. Like yeah, it was it was it was it was it was an interesting use of the force. And second of all, did you notice how rhythmically it lined up almost perfectly with Duel of the Fates? Yeah, that was cool. It was like a like a. A lightsaber duel music video. It really was. It, honestly, uh, the number of times that lightsaber strikes lined up with the music was actually kind of creepy. It did feel like such a musical duel. It felt like like th- this is how Je- this is how Jedi do this thing. This is how they fight. It's not like this is not the original trilogy, slow paced but emotionally impactful. No, this is Jedi at their prime. 
Um, we also yeah. get the first um, double-bladed lightsaber in Star Wars. Um, this was the first one. Um, and let's see. Uh, I'm trying to look at uh, other things. Let's see. Also, we get our um, most famous use of, I, I think probably the most famous use of choral music in a movie ever. Wait, have you seen that video? Have you seen the video? Oh my god, I'm gonna send you this right now. I don't know what video you're talking about. Oh my god. We need to include this in the description. That's good. That is good, wow. Wow, thank you for sharing that with me. That is legendary. Where were we? So, Duel of Fates, amazing. So, so, so those are the actual lyrics of Duel of Fates, by the way. I've just fixed Duel of Fates for you. Um, uh, let's see, what else? What else do we got? Um, oh yeah. It was interesting how Qui-Gon meditated when they were being blocked by the energy gates. That was, it was was really, it was really, really good. I liked, I really did like that. Um, let's see. Um, just another thing, um, before we get to the dual analysis, because I think we should do that after this. Okay. Dave Filoni at the end of the Mandalorian docuseries, I think the second episode, um, goes on about a 10-minute rant about Lucas's intentions and specifically about Duel of the Fates. And what he says is that Lucas said to him, yeah, Duel of the Fates isn't just called that to be scary. Duel of the Fates is called Duel of the Fates because Qui-Gon and Darth Maul are literally battling for the fate of Anakin. Oh, wow. Wow. That's clever. I like that. And because Qui-Gon loses the duel, Anakin will never have the father figure that he needs. Another quick uh, micro fan theory. We see how sad that um, Obi-Wan is that Qui-Gon's dead. And then at his funeral... At his cremation, we see him giving Anakin side-eye. My theory is that maybe, on some level, whether he probably tries to repress it, but I think on some level, part of the reason why their relationship might be fraught and what eventually makes him not able to be a father figure towards Anakin is that he resents Anakin because he sees him as the root cause of his master's death. I also think... I, I, I agree with that. I also think another thing is he resents Anakin because Anakin was supposed to be his replacement. Yeah. That Qui-Gon, once he saw this chosen one that is nowhere near as old or experienced as Obi-Wan, he gave up on Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like, does he actually say anything to Obi-Wan in his final words about him? No, no. he just says train him. He's train the, the boy. Man. He touches his face, which I think can show. Like, I think it's a tender moment. I think it it's, shows it's, how it, they've grown. Yeah, especially it, if we read the books about how it, they struggled in their partnership at first. Yeah, I I think Qui Gon did care for Obi Wan, but near the end, he didn't exactly show it the right way. Yeah, I don't think he showed it the right way either. He was too focused on Anakin. the boy. 
on yeah. Anakin. That, and that's why I think, um, yeah. You know what also happens when um, Qui-Gon dies? Um, mm. Obi-Wan is going to be now forever haunted by Maul. Yes, that's also true. And that's going to come into play about 12 years later when we get into season three and four of the Clone Wars. <laughs> yep. It and sure takes a while. It takes a while. Uh, Maul takes his sweet time. I also think um, one of the other faults I have with this uh, this part of The Phantom Menace is that, you know, Star Wars really does well most of the time, the multiple battles going on at the same time thing. But here yeah. is, like, the one exception of where I don't think it works that well. You know, in Force Awakens, we have two battles. Yeah. Um, in Rise of Skywalker, we also have two battles going on at the same time. Um, what else? In Return of the Jedi, three battles. Mm -hmm. um, in Phantom Menace, we get four. Yeah. And it felt I think that's a little of... too much. It, to me, it felt like, um, at a certain point, it felt disruptive that it kept cutting in between the space battle and the palace and the Gungan fight and the lightsaber, and it felt yeah, kind of hard to keep it, track of it. It really thing, did, know? and honestly, it felt even worse because I only really cared about one of them. Yeah. Of the four, I really only cared about one of them, and that's the lightsaber duel. I um, think I cared about all of them, but even so. It felt I, hard to juggle them all mentally and yeah. stay and, invested. And, and like, just when the lightsaber duel reached its most interesting part, then we'd switch back to like the Gungans or the space battle. Yeah. It doesn't like... Like just when you're starting to get like yeah. involved. Also, let's talk about Anakin and his like ridiculously dumb luck in space. Right? Yeah. He ridiculously has, dumb. Like, ridiculously dumb luck. And here, Jacob, I think you're, you should be excited for this, because we have our two memes of the week right now. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one. I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. So, yeah, we got our meme there, um, which actually, if you remember, gets referenced in the Clone Wars Season 1, I'm pretty sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Anakin, spinning is not flying, but it's a good <laughs> trick. Um, yeah. We also get, of course, how could we forget this meme? It is literally the name of episode two of In a Galaxy. Now this is pod racing! Yep. Pretty, uh... Who boy, Anakin. Who boy. Just, just, just who boy. I'm thinking about, I feel like I'm thinking about making a compilation of all the, um... Of all the, like, awful, cringy Anakin lines. That's gonna be a, just episode one, or, like, the entire prequel trilogy? Oh, no, just episode one. Just Jake Lloyd. No disrespect to Jake Lloyd. He did the best he could, but... Because yeah. I was gonna say, if you're talking to Hayden Christensen, out. Attack of the Clones, then you've got a long video to make. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else? I don't know if you know that you'd realize this, actually, or notice this, because I, I haven't realized this until I watched it a little while ago. Are you ready for this one? The yeah. droid that Jar Jar powers down has the number 1138 written on it. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Uh, for those of you who, do, who, you who don't know, George Lucas's first ever student film 
is a film called Electronic Labyrinth, THX 1138-4EB. Um, and so the phrases THX 1138 appear in a lot of the Star Wars movies and in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. Obi-Wan kills Maul. Quote-unquote kills. Yeah. Um, doesn't actually kill Maul. I wish he did. Would have made the, that moment a little more a little better um uh also yeah before any of you like sequel haters attack me for this one obi-wan did not know the power of force healing he didn't know it yeah it just yeah i don't don't get me started on it don't get me started he he get didn't started. know the, he didn't know force healing that Harry was a, started on how the jedi wouldn't teach that if ray could learn it from Basically just trial and error in an ancient text in like a week with no teachers. Surely the Jedi would teach such an integral and overpowered skill to pretty much everyone. Well, he, well here's surely, the thing. Surely, surely, surely. Here's the thing, Jacob. How do the Jedi feel about attachment? It's bad. So, what that, do you think does... force healing requires quite a bit of attachment? No. I mean, you're Ray literally forced, attaching no, no, Eli, your Eli, life Eli, eff- Eli, essence Eli, to somebody. Eli, Eli, listen to me. They already had force healing. Ray used it on a freaking snake that was trying to kill her. So, so much for force healing requiring attachment. And I think saving a powerful Jedi Master would be okay by almost anyone's standards. So I think... The, the the only the, the only logical explanation now is that Ray is just stupid overpowered because she's like a Palpatine or something. That's like the only logical explanation that Palpatine did some weird midichlorian stuff. You know, I'm not because I'm, normally the Jedi medics take in canon they take decades in order to develop such skills. So you're right on one thing. It is unrealistic that Obi Wan. Could do it. I think people pointing that out are more trying to point out how it feel, how the sequels make Force powers feel incongruous with the rest of the saga. I've said my piece. <laughs> you know, I'm I disagree, but like you know, we'll leave that for when we talk more in depth yeah. about that. Um, but I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say like I don't think Sidious like like I don't think. Darth Sidious was so powerful because of his variety of skills. I think he was so powerful because of his bulk power of skills. Like, I don't think... I I think there are some Force powers that some Jedi have and some Jedi don't. And I think Hmm. that... You don't think it can be learned? I think some people may naturally access certain skills. Yes, I, I, I I think so. I think that's true, too. But I think... Some Jedi will just have a specialty for stuff. Like, yeah, like totally Palpatine agree. has That's a specialty reasonable. for lightning. Um, and I yeah. think one of Ray's specialties, believe it or not, um, and I think one of Ben's specialties, believe it or not, actually, is healing. But You're um, going to say that. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Uh, but I digress. Let's see. Where, where are we right here? Um, oh, yeah. Let's just say this. Qui-Gon, in the move of a lot of movie uh, heroes, stays alive just long enough to tell Obi-Wan to train Anakin. Yep, sure does. Just long enough. Um, uh, yeah. And, um... Maybe he he was trying to channel his force power. 
Maybe Ma- thinking that Obi Wan would be able to best Maul. He was that trying to hang, use his force powers to try and hang on to his life long enough to deliver the message. Uh, let's see. I think we'll have a little bit of time right now. Uh, I know this episode's getting a little longer, but we have got a lot to talk about. Um, or Jacob, maybe here, one crazy fan theory time. Crazy fan theory time. Qui Gon was sacrificing himself. He could have used his force powers to try and hold on to life for himself more. But instead, he chose to use the force to give his power and his energy Over to, to Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan in order to have him best the Sith Lord. And he retained just enough of it in order to try and in order in order to try and give him the message. Or maybe that's maybe his channeling power he Maybe without Obi-Wan knowing it, maybe he helped Obi-Wan execute the, uh, the jump. That's an interesting theory. That is an It's a pretty theory. wild one, but uh, I don't know. Jacob, I'm about to send you another link, because I think All we right. should do a quickie dual analysis of this one. Let's talk about um, Qui-Gon, because like, Qui-Gon doesn't really need much talking about, because we, we've talked a lot about Qui-Gon's um, stuff, because Qui-Gon uses what I call um, a grounded Ataru. I think I've talked about this. Um, where yes, it's possibly. like Ataru, where he stays on the ground. Um, uh, Obi Wan seems to right now follow after his master. He's, I think, he's a little more reserved than his master is, but really, Obi Wan is still an Ataru. He has a little bit of his Sarisu stuff in there, but I don't think he really, he's really gonna learn that until um, like the time where we get to attack the clones. Maul still has his like Julia style. Nyman hybrid sort of thing. Uh, and so, yeah, it's easy to see why Qui-Gon, for me, it's easy to see why in this case Qui-Gon loses. Um, because Maul is using that fight to kind of stage manage him, to just get him tired enough and then just, like, like power through him. Because he knows that Qui-Gon's, like, three times as old as he is. Um, and yeah. he just has less stamina. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, because it makes sense. Grounded Ataru, Ataru, or as you're calling it, grounded Ataru in this case, it, it's like a short. It's a short burst. It, it's it, a short burst of attacks and action, and then if you can't best your opponent, the philosophy is that if you can't best your opponent in a couple minutes. Then you you best you best hasten out of there. Now, of course, he can't hasten out of there because he's trapped, and he uh, he wants to apprehend the Sith Lord. However, I don't think he. Also, another factor is he's just not used to he's just not used to dueling people, where, yeah. whereas Maul has been pretty much Training Maul has been duel. pretty much trained since birth to be a, a dark side Sith Lord, a Jedi, a Jedi murdering machine, whereas Qui Gon has had to balance his dueling with using the Force, yeah. learning about the Republic, y- you being know, a diplomat, solving conflicts, mercy you know, missions. The you weird know? thing is like. I'd say if you put Qui-Gon in a straight arena fight against Maul, that Qui-Gon would win. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think Qui-Gon would win a straight arena fight against Maul. But this is anything but a straight arena fight, and that's why Maul wins. Maul Maul uses his trickery in the best way possible to completely dismantle Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, Yeah. So let's see. 
Um, well, another thing that I find interesting about it is from that from the observer, it seems like Maul. It seems like Qui Gon has a lot of stamina, but he starts to flag. But what's interesting is that Qui Gon really seems to be at the same level. It seems to be not so much that, at least in from the outside observer, it would seem not as if Maul is wearing down Qui Gon, but as if it's a pretty evenly matched fight. But then, as soon as Qui Gon shows. Maul is of a cat. Maul is a warrior of the caliber where, as soon as Qui Gon shows the slightest signs of flagging, even like maybe making the same strike ninety five percent as fast as before, just the, the slightest signs of fatigue and his energy dropping, he goes, he goes straight for um, he goes straight for the kill move where he slams his lightsaber into his chest to knock him off balance and then. Does the the spin move and impales him? I just realized another thing that's so great about this lightsaber duel, which is that about thirty years later, Obi Wan looks like he's about to Obi Wan's dueling Maul in Twin Suns, and he looks like he's about to do the same thing that Qui Gon did, but he uses that to actually kill Maul. Yeah, that is some symmetry right there. That is awesome. Um, by the way. Let me say this. I'm creating a new hashtag. I'm going to tweet this on Twitter with when we post this episode, okay? Hashtag justice for Puppet Yoda. Hashtag justice for Puppet Yoda. We get more Yoda, but he's still CGI. Puppet Yoda. Supreme. Really? I like the I like the one Puppet Yoda. I'm episode standing by this Yoda. thing. I'm standing Dude. by this thing. Puppet Yoda. Justice for Puppet Yoda. It's not as bad as Yoda in The Last Jedi, in my opinion, though. Oh, I, wor- I was worried you were going to say that. I don't have a problem with that. But okay. Yoda in The Last Jedi looks... I don't know. Something no, Yoda looks in The off. Last Jedi is knocking you in the head with his stick. I think the problem with Yoda is that there's no right... I feel like there's no right way to do Yoda, because every single depiction of Yoda, the puppet, the CGI in... Um, the prequels, the originals, The Last Jedi, Rebels, The Clone Wars, and Clone Wars, they all look so different. They do. It's just... I think my, 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 my verdict on Yoda, original trilogy puppet, good. Episode 1 puppet, good. CGI in prequels, good. Episode 8, good. Animated in any way, shape, or form, so far, bad. Even, I don't um... like Clone Wars, I don't like The Clone Wars, and I don't like mm. Rebels. That's fair. I feel like... So basically, live-action good, animated bad for me. Yoda's a tough nut to crack, He definitely is. Um, Let's see. Um, Also, we get a Skywalker Saga tradition where the final scene in every single Star Wars movie has little to no dialogue. Yes. Um, Let's see. And um, finally... One more thing I'd like to mention um, before we wrap this whole thing up, which is that, did you know that the parade uh, music at the end is actually just a key-adjusted and sped-up version of the Emperor's theme? Wow, no, I did not. I would not have, I would not have guessed that. I'm gonna the Emperor's some... theme, I feel like I'm the Emperor's po- theme relies so much on like sounding ominous that the in I feel like if even if you just played the straight Emperor's theme with those like carnival type instruments, I feel like it could be different. Jacob, I'm gonna send you a final thing. Just 
just watch this. What I love about this is, it, is that it looks like a victory for the light side. But in reality, but in reality it's a victory for the dark side. For the dark side, yeah. Yeah, um, very, very clever. The galaxy is losing right now, as I said. I, I wrote down in my notes, the galaxy is losing right now. That's it looks I wrote like something similar. I wrote like it looks good, but it's actually bad. Yep. Overall, um, I thought uh the movie it wasn't as Wait, bad don't, as I don't, remembered it. Don't 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 talk about the movie because as a whole because um and that may, creates a perfect segue because that's what we're about to do next week. Next week's episode is going to be our retrospective about the Phantom Menace. All right. Um, and Fun. we're going to be going over our thoughts about the movie as a whole. And that is going to be the finale for season two of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Sure will. And so I uh, hope you guys uh, tune in for that. Um, in the meantime, you know, make sure to do all the stuff. You know, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Anchor, Breaker, Apple Podcasts. Um everything everything healthcare.gov um whatever hertz rent a car what? subscribe to us on hertz subscribe to us <laughs> on everything and in the meantime may the force be with you always <laughs>